take the word of God with me and turn to Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter number 22. And we'll begin reading in verse 16. Verse 16 of Revelation chapter 22. And it says this. Revelation is the last book of the Bible. And we have a message here from the Lord as the, as, as the verses are coming, as the verses are coming to a close of the Word of God. God, God leaves us with one last message. And I believe it's an important one. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things, surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. As we look at these verses here, we see an invitation given. I believe it's a royal invitation given. Most blessed invitation ever given to man here at, in verse 17. And it's one of the most, one of the greatest, one of the greatest invitations ever given in Scripture we find here. And it says in verse 17, if you draw your eye to it, it says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. I'd like to just speak on that verse for just a few moments this evening. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. We see an invitation here, an invitation. At first, it just seems to a few. It says, and the spirit and the bride say, come. But then what does it say again? And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come. And then it goes even further, and it says, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. That water of life freely is eternal life. Eternal life is if we have no message to preach to someone that, that they can find help, where they can find help to all people, then we have no message. If you limit the message of God to just a few, then what message do we have to stand in a pulpit and to preach to people that need something for their hurting and longing soul? If we take this message out of God's word and we leave it off, there's a great rebuke. Anyone shall add to the word of God? Him shall he add the plagues that are written in this book. And here, what a wonderful invitation. Take note why this invitation is so wonderful. Why would this invitation be most blessed, the highest invitation of all? Because look at the giver of the invitation. The giver is the God, the Holy Spirit is the giver. We have God, the Holy Spirit saying, and the Spirit and the bride say, come. God, the Holy Spirit is beckoning men to come unto him. The Holy Spirit says in John chapter 16 and verse 8, it says, And when he is come, he will repro reprove the world of sin and of righteousness 
and of the judgment to come. You know what the Holy Spirit is in the work of doing even now? He's in the work of convicting men of their sin, of God's righteousness, and of the judgment to come. That, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit is bidding people to come. He's saying, come, come unto Jesus. The Spirit, more so than any preacher that ever lived, that beckoned people to come unto Jesus and find rest. More so than C.H. Spurgeon, than D.L. Moody, and uh, David Livingston, and Robert Moffat in Africa. More so than any of these men, the Spirit of Almighty God beckons this evening and beckons come. Come unto Jesus. You know, there, the Spirit of God, that, that is the message the Spirit is giving tonight. He's saying, come unto me. Oh, would you come unto the Savior and find rest? And what a wonderful invitation. I don't know if you've been given an invitation to maybe a birthday party. I know I have. And you think, oh, that was very nice of them to, to think of us. Isn't it very nice of God Almighty that he would think of us? That he would extend an invitation where it says, and the Spirit says, come, and the bride says, come, and let him that heareth say, come. And tonight, we must, I offer you to come to Jesus Christ. Not only just me offering it, but the Holy Spirit bids you come. More than a man standing on a pulpit and, pre and saying, come unto Jesus. I could, I could plead with you all day, all evening long to come. More so than that, God is pleading with you to come unto him. God is burdened. He's burdened for the lost. And he's burdened that they would come unto him. God is burdened for, for the lost. Since Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He came into the world to save sinners. He's burdened for the lost. And it's about time that we become just as burdened as he is. That's, that is God's chiefest burden this evening, is that there are not just people who are, have physical ailments, but there is people that under this tent that haven't yet met the Savior. And God is burdened for them to come unto him. And he is, the Spirit of God is wooing and beckoning and bidding, won't you come? Won't you come and find rest for your soul? Come unto the Savior. It says, look unto me, all ye ends of the earth, and, and be ye saved. The, the, the passage that burdened Spurgeon helped him to see his real need of looking unto Jesus Christ. And tonight, the Spirit beckons you to look unto Jesus Christ. Look unto him. Oh, we should, we should come because the Spirit of God is inviting you to come. You, why, you say, why should I come to the Savior tonight? Because the Spirit of God is beckoning you to come. But secondly, we see something else in this verse. Not only come because the Holy Spirit bids you come, but come because Jesus is coming again. In this chapter of Revelation, I want you to notice a, a couple phrases. Look in verse 7 of chapter 22. Talks about the water flowing from the Lamb and from the throne of God. And that, that water is, is flowing through the Lamb and from the Lamb. You know, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Aren't you thankful there was a Lamb that was worthy to open the book and to read the names that were found therein? That's the same Lamb that we're speaking of tonight as the, that Lamb, Jesus Christ. He was the Lion, the tribe of Judah, but he's also the Lamb. You think, well, he's a Lion. He's also the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He alone was worthy to open the book. And it, that's just what we see in Revelation. And here it, it says in verse 1, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the 
the throne of God and of the Lamb. That water is most definitely of the Lamb, that water of eternal life. It's been purchased and paid for by the Lamb of God. And it talks about how the Lamb of God, in, in verse five, 3, it says, And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb of God. The Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. That same Lamb which the waters are flowing out of is the same Lamb that has defeated the curse of sin and death. And then in verse 7, I just want you to notice this phrase, what I was wanting to say before I got sidetracked. In verse 7, it's, Behold, I come quickly. Why should we come to the Savior tonight? You should come to the Savior tonight because the Spirit of God beckons you come. But you should come to the Savior tonight because Jesus says, Behold, I come quickly. I, don't, I can't think of a more imminent reason why I should stand up here tonight and beckon you come to Jesus Christ for forgiveness of your sin than because Jesus is coming again. And it says, Behold, He's not just coming again, but Behold, I come quickly. Now, you say, wait a minute, it's been nearly how many years since then? It doesn't seem like it's been so quick. But you know, he could come in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. That's what it's talking about. Just in a moment, the word of God says, in a twinkling of an eye, we shall all be changed. It's just a sound of a trumpet. The Lord Jesus could be coming back. Oh, he, he's coming quickly. To the believer, that's such a comfort. We look for his coming. But in verse 7, he says, behold, I come quickly. And notice in verse 12, it says this. If you look in verse 12 of the same chapter, and behold, I come quickly. He says it twice. And then if you look at the end of the chapter, it says in verse 20, He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Why should we beckon and plead with men to come to the Savior now? Because the Lord Jesus is coming back and He could come, at, he could come now. He could come at any moment. We, it, isn't it interesting? All of these come. The Spirit and the Bride say come. And let him that heareth say come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Why, why is it all of these come to the Savior, come to the Savior, come to the Savior? Because behold, I come quickly. It is imminent. It is, it is the, of the utmost urgency that I preach to you tonight to come to the Savior. Because behold, the Lord Jesus comes quickly. Oh, why should we beckon men to come to the Savior? Because that is what the Holy Spirit is doing even now. More so than my voice tonight. I Really, I'm not a phenomenal preacher, but really I don't, it doesn't bother me. Because I know the Spirit of God can speak to someone's heart more than I can. And He can reveal to you whether you be in Christ or whether you be not. And if you be found outside of Christ, I beckon with you to come to the Savior. I plead with you, come, because He is coming quickly. He come, Behold, He cometh quickly. Not only should we beckon people to come to the Savior tonight, because that's what the Spirit of God is doing. And you know, the Spirit of God, as He convicted evicts you of your sin. When you come to the Savior, it's not always a lovely thing, is it? Because it makes you think of your sin. That is the work of the Spirit of God in you. The Spirit of God can show you just how awful you are. Can show me, and, and can show me, and it did show me. It wasn't until I saw that that I ever really saw my need to come to the Savior. And, you'll, and, you'll ne and it's the same way. You'll never see your need to come to the Savior until the Spirit of God places His finger and shows you just how awful and rotten we are, and that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. But not only that, come because Jesus is coming again. 
Isn't it interesting in this chapter? This is sandwiched in between two behold, I come quickly. And then we have the Spirit of God and the bride saying, Come, oh, please come, because He's coming quickly. And it's urgent. There'll be people, though, that will put it off. There'll be people tonight, tonight, and that have been putting it off for days. And I, I plead with you, don't put it off any longer. If you're thinking, maybe I'll wait till the winter retreat. Don't put it off till the winter retreat. Come to the Savior now. We're not promised tomorrow. This is the gospel service this evening. And I would not be much of a preacher if I wouldn't preach to sinners. If you're here tonight and you're a believer, then I have a message for you as well. We find this in this, in this verse of verse 17. Notice what the Spirit is saying. It's saying come, but notice who else is saying that. And the Spirit and the bride say come. If the Spirit of God is bidding men come to the Savior, then what should our message be as the bride of Christ? So we should be, if the Spirit of God is beckoning men to come, how much greater should our message be? Our message should be the very same thing that the Spirit of God message is. Come. Oh, we have a message for those that are poor and needy, weak and feeble. We have a message for those that are sinners. Come to the Savior. Seek Him while He may be found. I'm thankful that we do have a message for sinners, that there is a message for, that, that, that can plead for all of our sin, for all of, for all of Adam's race. There, we have a message. And here... If the Spirit of God is bidding men to come, how, how much more should it not be our message? The bride should be saying, come. What is our message tonight? What should be our chiefest business as believers? The souls of men. The souls of men and women. That's what God's greatest burden is for the souls of men and women to come unto Him. He's burdened that people might come. Come and see. And that should be our, our burden as well. Are you burdened for the souls of men and women? You know, I was just thinking the other day, and this might sound a bit harsh, but if there's more people at the, at the midday uh, Bible study than, than at the midday outreach in the open air, you could say that we're more content as a people to receive a blessing than to be the blessing. Oh, if we were more burdened for the souls of men, the open air outreach would be packed. It wouldn't be three people going to the open air on Sunday afternoon. I don't take that too harshly. But it would, it would be, people would be lining up in scores to get on the buses to hit the open air than to come to the Bible study. Now, I'm not saying you're saying, D Brother Dylan's saying that the Bible study is not good. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying we must be burdened for the souls of people. That's God. Are we, are, we, are we bidding people? Are we inviting people to come to Jesus Christ? Oh, if we, if we are burdened for it, we would be bidding people to come. When's the last time that you bid someone come to the Savior? When you sought to point someone to the, to the Savior? When was the last time? Oh, the Spirit and the bride says come. You know, when we are in line with the Spirit of God, we will, our message will be, His message will become our message. The message that we have to give will be the very same message that the Spirit of God is, is giving. And His message has come. Oh, let us plead and beckon with men. Come to the Savior. Tonight, I plead and beckon. Come to the Savior. Come unto Him. Come, come unto Him. He will in no wise cast out all that come unto Him. He's not willing that any should perish, but that what?
that all should come unto repentance. That all should come unto repentance. He's not willing that any should perish. He is the savior of. It says that he's the savior of all men in second in first or second Timothy. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. Oh, we should preach this message of of bid men to come because it's God's greatest burden. God's God's greatest burden is for lost people. When we invite people to the Savior, we are aligning our message with God's. What is your greatest burden tonight? Are you burdened for the souls of men? Are you burdened? I can tell you we have, we have a God who is burdened for, for the souls of men. So much so, the Spirit and the bride say, says, come. Oh, are you a part of the bride of Christ? Are you, are you found in, in a part of the bride? Are you ready? He's going to come for his bride one day. He's going to, and, and if you're not found a part of that bride, he's not coming for you. But he is coming for his bride. Are you found a part of that bride? If you're not, come. Come unto him. Ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Why have we made salvation such a confusion? If you would ask of God, he would give it unto thee freely. Would he not? In John chapter 4, the woman at the well, if you turn there, it makes me think of, of that, that, that woman. John chapter 4, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but I think sometimes we hold our salvation like a little child to a brand new toy. We've got the toy, and what do you hear those little children say? My daughter, Ada, is the, is the best of it. If she has something that she wants no one else to have, she goes, mine, mine, all mine, mine. That's what she says. Sometimes we're like that as believers, aren't we? Oh, salvation is mine. Oh, it's, it's mine. It's mine. I have it. But I'm not burdened to, to go to the, to the streets. I'd rather sit and have the blessing. Oh, we must have a change. If we're to see the Lord, the Lord do a wonderful work once again, we will no longer desire to just to have the blessing. We'll desire to be that blessing. And we won't, we won't just be saying mine. We'll be beckoning people to come and say, can I, could I share with you what is mine and can be yours? And in John chapter 4, we find a woman, a woman who's at the well. And it is our highest privilege to point people to the Savior, is it not? We find a woman at the well who told others to come and see for themselves. The Lord Jesus had come to this well very wearied, and he was, he'd been on a journey, a journey through Samaria. He must needs go through Samaria. Here he was at the well, wearied, and this woman comes up, and, and he asks of her for something to drink, and she, she didn't really want to give him drink. And she, but she has an encounter with the Savior, and notice what it says in verse 10. It says, well, let's just read verse 7. We'll read a few verses here. And there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, 
thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? And it's a wonderful question she asked the Savior. She asked the Lord Jesus, what do you mean? You, you, have no, you have nothing to draw with. From whence then hast thou that living water? And he looks at her and he says, you would ask of me and I would, I would give you to drink. I would give you not just water, but the living water. You know why he had nothing to draw with? Because he is that living water. He wasn't speaking of the water that was in that well. He was speaking of himself and the water that he could give her. He could, he, the, the salvation, the eternal life that he could give her. And, he's, and notice he asks, he says, if you would have asked of him and he would have given the living water. He even says, if you would just ask tonight, you can ask of the Savior for salvation and, he, and he'll give it freely. He'll give it freely. It's not something that, that you've attained, but it's something that he has purchased and he offers because it is his to give. If he has purchased it, then it's his to freely give. And he was willing to freely give if she would just ask. He said, and, and he would have given the living water. And the woman saith unto him in verse 19, I perceive that thou art a prophet. And she, in verse 29, she's, she goes, after she has this encounter with the Savior, come and see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? And they went out of the city and came unto him. Now, what did that woman do when she had that encounter with the Lord Jesus? And she believed that, that he could do that for her. She went and found others. And she, she, she went to them and bid them come. She had come to Jesus, had an encounter with the Savior. And then she bid others to come. Come and see a man which told me all things ever I did. Oh, if, if you've had an encounter with the Savior, then it is, it is your responsibility now to bid others come. She, she goes in verse 29 and come and see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and notice who else came unto Jesus. And it says, and, and came unto him. And in verse 39, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. And he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word and said unto the woman, Now we believe not because thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this indeed the Christ, that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. What takes place here? This woman, she meets the Lord. She invites others to come. She, she, she says, come and see. And they came and saw. And then they did, it wasn't just them hearing her speak of him. They heard him for themselves. Have you heard, have you heard the Lord for yourself? You heard him speaking to thee? Have you heard him call, speak unto thee the words of life? And maybe you've even put it off. Don't put it off any longer. Here, this woman, we, we should beckon people to come because it can be heard for ourselves. She beckoned those people to come because she had heard it. But we should beckon people to come. Why does it say? It says, in verse 42, and said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this indeed is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Why should we beckon men to come? Because not only can we hear it ourselves, but we, they can hear it for themselves. And that goes right along with our text in, in Revelation chapter 22 and, and verse 17. If you look back at our, at our verse... 
It goes right along with what, what has just been said. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let him that heareth say, Come. Who says, Come? This woman at the well had heard it. And then she says, Come. Oh, for those of us that have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, we should be beckoning people to come. Would you hear the tonight? Why have you come? Have you come to, to hear just someone speak? Surely you've not just come to hear me. Surely you've come to hear from God. Oh, are you hearing him speak to your heart tonight? He can speak to you personally. So I say, come unto the Savior, because you can hear him for yourself. This woman, she'd heard him for herself, but then she pleaded with others to come. Oh, that's why we should plead with others to come, because they can hear it for themselves. What does it say in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18? Come and let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be, made, they shall be watched whiter than snow. Oh, what a wonderful verse. That, that is saying, come and let us reason together. Tonight, we have it, all of us have need, have an issue that needs to be dealt with. We're all sinners. If, if we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, then that makes us all available recipients that can, that, that can receive the grace of God. If you're not a sinner, then you, you cannot come unto the Savior. In fact, you won't come unto the Savior if you don't think that you're a sinner. There is no message in the Word of God for those that think they have no sin. It says the truth of God is not in them. But there is a message for those that will come and hear the Lord for themselves. Come and let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they can be washed whiter than snow. What a wonderful verse. All of our sin, though be, they be red as scarlet, they can be washed white as snow in the, in the blood of the Lamb. The blood of Jesus can wash our sin much whiter than snow. Oh, and here, not only should we bid men come because they can hear it for themselves, but we should bid them come because they have a need or a thirst of it. They have need of it. In verse 17, notice not only should we bid them come, let him that heareth say come. But then notice it says, and let him that is a thirst come. Oh, let those that do have a thirst have a need that needs to be met. If you're thirsty, you have, some, you have a need that needs to be met, right? You need some water. We all, outside of Christ, have a need that needs to be met. Or have to, to have our sins forgiven. Oh, we, the Savior of the world, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, can meet that need. He can meet. We all have a much greater need than just to have some water. We all have a need to take of the living water. And it says that in our text verse here in just a moment. We all, have, we all have physical needs to have some water, but we have a spiritual need that can only be met in the water that Jesus can give. He's the bread of life. He's also the living water. And, he, and he, he gives of it freely to those that ask of him. So I bid you come. Come and ask of the, of the living water, and he'll give it to you freely. He will, he will in no wise cast out if you come unto him. That's a promise. And, and we have these promises from God. And here, I was just reading about Robert Moffat that was traveling through Africa, took his first journey into Africa with a, a wagon of oxen. And as he was crossing the, a desert there, he couldn't find water. And he, he began to be very perplexed. For three days, he didn't have any. They, they had run out of water, ran out of food. And they, he was much perplexed. And he sat down and they started to dig in an area and they finally found us some water. 
And he realized this, that without water, everything dies. Without water, he looked around him in that desert place and there was hardly nothing that looked alive. No, no green bushes, none of that. That's the same way that people are without Christ. They are as dead as dead can be. Well, if you're not a, not a believer, if you're not someone who knows if they're in Christ or not, you can't come unto this. You can come unto the Savior and find rest for your soul. Oh, take of the water of life freely, and we should come because we have need of it. You know, we'll all pay for our sin, but there hasn't been a payment that has been made for our sin. Can I say that tonight? I want I want you to notice that it it is not all doom and gloom as we preach tonight. Christ Jesus, it says, the iniquities of us all were laid upon him. That means the iniquities of us all, every single one of us, have been laid on Christ, past tense. Past tense. The iniquities of you, me, I, all of us have been laid on Christ. All of our sin has been placed on the Savior, and he's paid for it. Past tense. It is finished, he said on the cross. It is finished. You say, I don't know if my sin has been placed on him. It surely has been. All of our sin, past tense. The iniquities of us all were placed upon him. Oh, what a wonderful truth. He took our place. He is our substitute. He took our death. But if you won't come to the Savior and receive the salvation that's found in Christ, then you'll pay for it. I will say this tonight with a very firm hand. If you won't come unto the Savior and and take of the water of life freely that he offers, that he's paid for, that he's purchased, that he offers to you. No reform, no religious activity, absolutely nothing outside of Jesus Christ is going to save you. No, no, you say, I'll just turn over a new, new leaf. Not so. You say, well, uh, uh, I've been baptized. Sorry, it's not going to pay for your sin. But there is someone who has paid for your sin. Come unto him. Oh, I plead with you to look to Jesus and live. Oh, there is one that was slain for us. It says that he tasted death for every man. You think he hasn't tasted death for you? The word of God says in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9, he tasted death for every man. I don't know about you, but that's talking about everyone. If, if he hasn't done that for everyone, then I have no message to preach. I might as well sit down and close the book and come what may. But praise the Lord, we don't have that. We have a message to give. We do. And I have a message for you. The Spirit of God has a message for you tonight. And he bids and beckons you come. You're burdened with your sin. Lay it, lay it at, at Jesus' feet. Lay it upon him. He's paid for it. In John chapter 3 and verse 18. If you look in John chapter 3 and verse 18, and I'm, I'm, I'm nearly through. But we should come unto, unto Jesus because we have a thirst. It says, he who thirsts, let him come unto me. Let him come, those that, th- uh, that are athirst. We should come unto him because he bids them come. If we, have a need of, we have need to come unto him. But then lastly, we should come because it's available. We should come to the Savior tonight. You should come to the Savior tonight because it is available. And in John chapter 3 and verse 18, we... We see this availability. John chapter 3 and verse 18, it says this. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name 
of the only begotten Son of God. And then we know that verse in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Here in John 18, it says, He that believeth on him is not condemned. Who is not condemned? There is now no condemnation to those that be in Christ Jesus. Who or who is not condemned? Is it those that have repented and sorrowed enough? Who is not condemned? Those that have believed on the Son of God. There is now, therefore now no condemnation. In this, it says, He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not, he that believeth not is condemned already. You know who the condemnation is for? Those who will not believe. Will not believe. Think they can deal with their sin on their own. We can't deal with it on our own. But there is a Savior who can. He can make it, he can wash us whiter than snow. And here, I, I bid you come unto the Savior tonight. And the last part of our verse, it's exactly what it says. It talks about its availability. If you haven't caught anything, catch this last part. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Isn't that, doesn't that sound familiar? Doesn't it not just sound like John 3, 16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever will. So, then it says in, in the end of it, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Come unto Jesus and come unto him and, and take that of that water of life. Believe on the name of the Son of God. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. That's not talking about life here. That's talking about eternal life, everlasting life. There is life beyond here. And, it, and those that have it are those that have believed on the Son of God. You say, how, do you, how could you know that? He that hath the Son hath life. That's a promise. He that hath the Son. I have wonderful news for you tonight. It's available. It's available. It says freely. Come unto him freely. Take of that living water. It is available for you. It's available for me. Have you taken of that water of life freely? Oh, I, I hope that you have. And if you have not, I bid you come and take of that water freely. Whosoever will, take of that water freely. Freely. And here, there's a decision to be made. Those who will take of that water, partake of that, and those who won't. Oh, I, I ask you not to reject the Savior. Don't reject the Savior. Oh, seek Him while He may be found. Today is the day of salvation. Jesus is the source of salvation. So look unto Him. Nothing else. What, what must one have to be a Christian? What must one have to be a Christian? Jesus. Nothing else. You, one must not have this and that and this and add in uh, the, some, some form of very distraught sorrowing for years. No. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. So then that puts people in two categories this evening. You're either someone who has the Son, you, ha you, you have come to the Savior, and you have life. And can I say this? The Spirit of God is speaking to you right now, and He, and he knows more than I do that you know 
If you're someone who is in Christ or if you're someone who is outside of Christ, the Spirit of God can, can reveal this unto us. And may the Spirit of God reveal to you whether you be someone who has salvation, it, that, that is part of the bride of Christ, or that is someone who is still outside. Oh, behold, the Lord comes quickly. I beg you, do not be outside. Do not be found outside of Christ. Be found in Christ. Come unto the Savior and take of the water of eternal life freely. He offers living water, eternal life. Here it says that it's it's living. Take of the take. It says, and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. Oh, man's greatest blessing, man's greatest and chiefest blessing is the day that they come to the Savior. And if you're a believer in here tonight, you know when, when you came unto the Savior. You know it. And if you have not, you know it as well. That is our greatest blessing, is to come unto the Savior. So come, come unto Him. All ye that are burdened and heavy laden, He will give you rest. And we have these promises. You know, there's promises all throughout Scripture. Noah, was, who was saved? Noah and his family from that destruction that was to come. But who was it for? Who was the ark built for to hold? The ark was built to hold everyone. Was it not? Salvation is available to everyone. And it, hold, it, it will hold all that come. Unfortunately, it was just Noah and his family that got on that ark. And animals. But it was built much larger than just for them. That's the same, same thing with salvation, is available. You say, I don't really know. Is it really available for me? It sure is. It sure is. Come and see. Come and see. Come unto the Savior and ask of Him. He will give unto thee that living water for you to ask, as, as in John chapter 4. And we should beckon people to come because it's available. Here, it says to take it freely. It's available. My only hope of heaven is that Jesus died for me. And I'm looking unto him for my salvation. And if you're a believer tonight and you're honest with God, that's your only hope as well, is that Jesus died for you and that you're looking unto him. You're not looking unto the things that you've done to get you to heaven. You're not looking unto this, uh, uh, thinking that, well, I grew up in a Christian home. I've, I know lots of the word of God. I've even preached to others. No work of man is going to give the hope of heaven. Jesus is the source of salvation. Come unto him. C.H. Spurgeon looked unto Jesus that day and he lived. He found the Savior. Oh, if we'll seek after him, we'll find him. Knock and it shall be open unto you. Ask and ye shall receive. That ye may know that ye have eternal life. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 12. It says, you can know that you have eternal life. That life is found in his son. Tonight, I have a wonderful message that I preach to you. It's a message of availability. You say, well, he that hath the son hath life. He that hath not the son hath not life. And it talks about the condemnation to those in verse 18. He that believeth on him is, is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. If we believe the wrath of God is abiding on all men, in verse 36 of the same chapter in chapter 3, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son 
shall not see life. But notice this, but the wrath of God abideth on him. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Tonight, if we believe the wrath of God is upon all men, which it is, how can the grace of God not extend to all men? You, I ask you this question. The grace of God has been extended. And he is extending it. And he is offering it to freely come and take of him. This last invitation leaves the door wide open. As wide as God could make it. Oh, as wide as he possibly could make it. And we'll read the verse one last time. And then I promise I'm through. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Jesus died on the cross for all men. The iniquities of us all were laid upon him. And salvation is available and possible for all. He invites all men to come. All men are sinners. Therefore, all men are in need of it. Won't you come to the Savior? He's the Savior of sinners. And if he's the Savior of all men, he beckons you come. But let us pray. Heavenly Father, I've given exactly what thou hast desired me to give. I can do nothing more. And I, I pray that people would come unto thee. They wouldn't put it off. They would see that salvation is available. Their iniquity was laid upon Christ. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross for our sin, for my sin. Thankful for thy blood that was shed for us. Thy atoning sacrifice. Oh, sweet Lamb of God, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. I pray that you would, Spirit of God, that you would draw people unto thyself in a way that I cannot draw. Oh, Spirit of God, please arrest the attention of every soul. And may they know if they be found either in Christ or out of Christ. Only thou canst reveal that unto them. If they be found looking to themselves for salvation and their pride or whatever it is, I pray they would cast it off and run to thee. Spirit of God, do a work that thou, only thou canst do. In the name of Jesus Christ, I do pray and ask these things. Amen.